You're listening to UCW Radio. In your face. If you try to remember, you will lose. Empty your mind. Be formless. Shape like water. All of the fighters that ever set foot on this planet. I'm the only world champion, United States national champion. I'm a two-time national college champion. I was never beaten constantly. Be proud of it. The action martial arts power hour. All right, welcome to the Action Martial Arts Power Hour. We're here with your host. He is one of the foremost Wing Chun men in the United States today and the publisher of one of the top martial arts magazines in the world, Action Martial Arts Magazine. He is none other than Sifu Alan Goldberg. Alan, how you doing, buddy? Hey, how you doing, Lou? A little, doing little chilly good, out there tonight, good. but a little chilly out there, but we're doing all right. Yeah, a little, little nippy. You know, uh, before we introduce our, our special guest, uh, and I'm sure you're going to be on board with me with this, uh, I just wanted to reiterate, I think we wanted to reiterate, as we have been for the past few weeks, uh, with the devastation that occurred along the Northeast, there are so many people, I can't stress that, so many people that need your help. So the one way that you can actually help is by making a small donation to the American Red Cross. Uh, just go to redcross.org and make a, a small donation because you will be doing someone uh, some good. Would you agree, Alan? hundred percent. As a matter of fact, I like said a couple of weeks ago that I'm joining the Red Cross trying to get on some of the, the disaster relief causes that are out there, whether it's for this one or something later. Uh, and you just get so frustrated and you can't do anything. So, uh, you know, I said, someone said, join the Red Cross, so that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Uh, we're doing we're doing all that we can do, and uh, and that's it. You know, whether it's for you know Red Cross or, or pet relief or whatever whatever we can do to help uh, the people and the families that have been devastated. Uh, now, in the world of martial arts, you have pioneers, you have innovators, and pathmakers. Our next guest is definitely all three of those, and it's an honor to introduce him. Although many may look at Bruce Lee as being the man that brought Wing Chun to the uh, Western world via Yip Man, our guest is one is, is the one that made the strides in bringing grassroots awareness of Wing Chun to the Western world. So without further ado, please join us in welcoming, welcoming the one and only Grandmaster, Jason Lau, to the powwow. <laughs> Jason, welcome to the show, Jason. How are you? Good, Lewis. How are you? Pretty good, long pretty good. No <laughs> yeah, long long time no talk for sure. Uh Alan, I'm gonna you know he he's your seafood, so uh I'll lay that on you. <laughs> this show's a little different than others because uh, uh usually I'm equal with all my guests to come on to some point, but this show is I'm I'm on with my seafood on the phone, so uh and the show is you know something dedicated to him this week and uh you know i can tell you a lot of things about my seafood and things that you know may not interest the audience but you know growing up and actually live we lived together for almost five six years me and my seafood you know you, you learn more about a person that way and uh, i think we built a bond that everlasting very honestly so uh needless to say seafood 
How yeah. you been? <laughs> good, good. You know, when I hear that New York, uh, the situation just, uh, you know, I hope I was there like we used to be, you know, just running out of the street and trying to help out people. And I know that you're probably doing it now. Well, you know, it's, 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 it's so frustrating. Like, you know, I, I was told I wanted I to have the Tony Allen area, and I was told, don't go, don't do this, don't do that. Because uh, at one time, I mean, they, they weren't letting people in. So my, my main thing, besides donating money to the Red Cross, I did it to the ASPCA. They were picking up loose animals in the street. I mean, I actually put my paperwork in to join Disaster Relief. And, again, it may not come through for this event, uh, but, uh-huh. if, you know, anything else happens, I want to be involved. I want to wear my little red cross and run around with my little jacket on and do what I can. Unlike, like, years ago, we used, to put, we used to put our leather jackets on and our boots, <laughs> and we used to go in the streets and straighten things out a little differently. But now we're talking uh, about helping people, so it's a little different. <laughs> I know, I know. I know. I'm very good with that, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit of what you're doing now down in Georgia? I know you finished your first film, Masters, which was great. I watched it, and I uh, I got a little chuckle out of certain things there because, again, I, I know you a lot better than most people do and seeing you in your costume. You know, some people want to say, oh, this guy's a real old guy, but, you know, I know, I know the real you. And uh, even at your tender age, there's no there's no numbers that equal to your your life at this point. So uh, tell me a little bit of what you're doing down there now with the next movie. Well, I, uh, you know, you know, since I got down here, my passion's always, you know, in in Wing Chun. So uh, since I started doing some uh, training video, and then I got to really enjoy doing the uh, making the the product, the film product about Wing Chun. So I think I'm gonna continue doing that. And uh, we right now the masters is finished, and we try to. Uh, market it in some way, and then uh, we're going to uh, planning on uh, the next film. And the next film is uh, nothing to do with Wing Chun, but uh, it's, uh, it's about the rape of Nanjing back in 1937. So it's kind of exciting. Mm-hmm. It's about, yeah, the, you know, uh, in 1937 when a Japanese uh, raid, uh, you know, raided China. And uh, the stories about survival. So, you know, kind of doing a little research, and uh, I'm probably going to China to do a little more research in Nanjing and try to teach at the same time, so do everything at the same time. <laughs> you know how you know how I am. I need a project. Without a project, I'm mm-hmm. a guy. <laughs> well, that, that I know. You're, you're like me. You're a workaholic. You're, you're not busy. There's a real problem. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not I, I, exactly. I, yeah, Alan, if you don't mind, because I think, you know, because... Jason is your seafood. It would be hard for you to even uh, ask him questions. So I'm going to step outside of the box. And, and I just, for the purpose of our listeners, you know, Jason, can you tell us what brought you to getting involved in Wing Chun? Well, uh, when I started really young, you know, and my family is into the Northern Shaolin, and my mother and father is in opera. So ever since a little, I was watching, you know, the Northern Shaolin, the fancy stuff, the jumping, hopping, singing, and all that. And uh, but one thing to another, and I was at the school in uh, Hong Kong, and uh, in Hong Kong, the school of La was the same one that Bruce Lee went to. And uh, that's how I got introduced to Wing Chun. And then I was kind of uh, hesitant, wondering, you know, what is Wing Chun? Is that my mom doesn't like it because she told me that this is a woman's house. I'm like, don't, don't do it. 
of course, I think she's just wanted to be, to be in the family. And uh, so I started to look around, do a lot of researching about the system. And uh, after I did the research, I really liked it. And then I started going forward for it. And uh, I spent a lot of time in Hong Kong, but I never have done anything with Wing Chun, such as training, until I came to the United States. And, uh, you know, when they first came to the United States, not long there, of course, I met uh, uh, Alan Gobert and the uh, rest of the people. And then, uh, you know, uh, and then the Wing Chun came in pretty handy. <laughs> and I got to like that more. Uh, because it was really, really for a good cause. And uh, I remember at that time, uh, Alan probably still remember we went to a, 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 a neighborhood a community meeting and uh, found out this lady was having a problem going home uh, uh, simply because this grocery will be, will be robbed by the neighbors. So uh, that's how we started it after we found out the, tr- the truth of the story. And uh, and then we start to uh, handling the street on our own, and uh, and I think Alan probably can tell you part of it. And it's really rewarding, you know. It's not a it's not like you're getting a trophy or anything, but it's something that's really rewarding. And uh, you know, it's, and then I get to like the system a lot more simply because it's uh, it works for me. And, uh, one thing or another, and uh, then I. Well, what year uh, was what was you what year was that in when you uh, you came to the United States, Jason? 1969. Okay. That was the uh, one of the earliest ones that you could spend in, Hong, uh, in New York at that time. Uh, so then, after about ten years, I uh, I moved to Georgia, and. Uh, and working with a counter-terrorist uh, group with uh, the Cobra, which is people call it the Sionic. Uh, it's a counter-terrorism training center. And okay. uh, then, from then on, you know, we really got to uh, apply the theory of the system to, uh, to use it on the, in the company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in the ten you years know, that you were you were in New York, you did a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, you, you uh, from what I understand, you had a an actual temple that you guys, you and your students lived in. Yeah, that was the best 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 of my my time in uh, in the uh, United States, you know. And uh, we were not rich, but we felt rich. You know, we have a whole family. When I say family, like Alan, a few people, we lived together. And we trained in the same trained in the school, the temple, and uh, sometimes we wake up middle of the night and train till the morning, and then we got hungry, we go to Chinatown and eat and go back to sleep and train yep. again. And uh, it's just, you know, it's just great. It's a greater time you can ever imagine at that time, and uh, almost like a no hose boss. That you all we do is just training and uh, training. <laughs> Sometimes the middle of the night I can't sleep or not so I say, Alan, get up, come on, let's do a more workout. <laughs> oh, I remember that well. I remember that well. Alan would wake, wake up with his underwear and then just slowly put on his, oh, not down, you're down, all right, you know. It was really a great time, though. So, I mean, you, you, you know, just imagine that uh, all we do is just training in the night, you know, and daytime and teach a class and then, you know, nothing beats it. So, yeah, we, we, had, we had probably... Probably the one of the most unusual 
situations as anyone see. And, and, you know, this is not something that I, I've ever spoke to that, that's had some type of similar thing. But, you know, we had I, – I was – there was one gentleman, Tommy Dennison, that lived in the school first, and he had moved out, and I moved in. So me and Sifu had lived there together probably about two years before anyone else moved in. And I, we would just go for coffee in the middle of the night. We'd work out for a while. We said, come on, it was 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock in the morning. Let's go for a cup of coffee. And there was a diner, which was about six, seven blocks away from the school. And I swear, at least once a week, we'd find out some bunch of hoodlums breaking into a, a store, trying to rob the store. So Jason, we'd walk up, me and my people, and say, what are you guys doing? And, of course, we'd get in a fight. And uh, after a while, the cops were saying, you guys do whatever you want. You're keeping the crimes out of the air. We didn't care. And believe me when I tell you, Quick story is when we had the blackout back in, I think it was 75, um, when the lights had gone out, every block, 76, yeah, every block around us was completely ripped apart. All the stores were ripped apart. The block where the school was was never touched. And the real yeah. reason was because all the main bunch of maniacs, we just went in the streets with pondos and swords and stabs and spears. And we stood in the streets. <laughs> Nobody wanted to come up that block, let alone even the police at that point. So uh, I think, see, we remember we got offered a lot of money to watch everyone's stores the next day, but the lights did go back on. Oh, I remember I had some wild times. I remember I have a student named Randy came to apply for the in in, in Georgia, and he used to from New York. And he walked in there. He said, "Hey, hi, people. Are you uh, you know you don't know me, but I know you." I said, "Where are you from?" Said, oh, from Brooklyn. I said, "Hey." Yeah, how'd you know me? So yeah, during the blackout, you know, and uh, you know, I was watching out, and uh, and I was just getting ready to go down to the street to see. And uh, he said, "My coach told me not to go go down there like this because uh, the way you look, you go down there, you see the, you know, the Chinaman with the long hair. <laughs> they don't think that you are one of who might get you." And he said, "You heard the name from there, you know." And uh, uh, it was like, you know. It's a, it's a lot of memory, you know, it's a lot of memory. I, you know, it's just, I wish we could <laughs> time go back. That was a, that's one of our best times. Yeah, we would nice. do that again. The, pub, the public uh, wouldn't allow us, or the police would not allow what we did then. <laughs> we, uh, uh, yeah, a quick yeah. story, there were some guys that broke uh, a door down in the school one night, and the uh, police picked them up and brought them back to the school, and we just thought they were broke, bringing them back for us to identify them. And the cops got him out of the car, walked in, they put him in our school, and they said, all right, goodbye, guys. And they left, actually left three guys with us in the school. So, needless oh, to say, those dead. guys didn't, didn't, didn't rob on Flavish right. Avenue again. Oh, they were crying. I'd be like, God, remember, like I said, Alan, they were crying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, the guys. funny thing is, is that, you know, we, we, we talk about, you know, the past a lot, and it's a shame that, you know, a lot of the uh, the memories that you have and, and the respect that, that you, Alan, that you have for seafood, you know, uh, a lot of that is lost in today's today's time. Well, seafood was trying to make a movie up about our times, but I told him I couldn't grow my hair back. It wouldn't work. Uh, Not even Rogaine? Right. nothing works. <laughs> you can get a wig. Yeah. Yeah, I can get a wig. It's true. But, uh, yeah, we, we did have uh, some great times. And there were a lot of things that we did. Um, you know, we worked in, you know, helped Chinatown and we collect money and, oh, there were quite a few of the, <laughs> the Chinese groups that wanted us and a couple didn't want us there. 
And uh, people kind of just threw me right in the middle of the whole thing, so I kind of adapted like I did to Wing Chun. And uh, let's put it this way: we, we we never lost face no matter where we went. We always we always had good face. Well, Jason, yeah, let me yeah. ask you something. When you came to the United yeah. States, you know, I mean, what brought you to New York? What brought you to Brooklyn? But I was, uh, when I first got in New York, I was teaching in Chinatown. And uh, and then one thing to another, and uh, I decided to, uh, you know, move out of Chinatown. I think the only way to learn to speak English is to hang around with the Americans. You know, mm-hmm. you you never you never get to practice you know English when you're surrounded with all the Chinese. You know, so I decided, yeah, I wanna I want to school somewhere else other than Chinatown. So we're quick Brooklyn, and everybody told me, no, no, don't go, bro. This is a real rough area. And when he say that, I said, yeah, that would be fun. That that's where we need to have to school. That's how we go to Brooklyn. And and you started you started training uh, you started your school in Brooklyn as well. Yeah, that's how I you know, decided to find a place. And first place I found was uh, you know on South Blackwood and uh, right on top of Burger King. But unfortunately, Rasmus High School. And uh, after I think a year or two, then I moved to the new location that was one thousand Blackwood is where I met with Allen. Right. Uh, yeah. And then, then you got uh, Alan. That's that's when Alan. That's when you went to the school, right? Yeah, that was yeah. I knew Steve. I knew I knew Steve before that when he was at Burger King. Actually, we had a little place that I was training at before. He used yeah. to come down here every once in a while. And then when he moved up into one thousand Flatfish, we said, all right, let's move our operations to get together. And now we got to just have a great time. And after a while, I wound up living there. And uh, needless to say, God, see, almost forty years later, here we are. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting with Alan when he moved out to Georgia. Well, my friend I'm not there. Huh? Well, they won't let him leave. I said, yeah, my family moved down there, but I'm still up here. What can I tell you? <laughs> I know. So, Sybil, tell us a little bit more about, you know, your training in Hong Kong and what you did out there and the family lineage for the people on this listening. Well, you know, Linus is real funny. I have, uh, so many people have been talking about uh, my people is the youth man student. So, I mean, this is such a bizarre thing. Uh, well, I, when I first, when I was training in Hong Kong, I I know a youth man. Like, you know, to me, he's just another instructor. And people often go up here to have some tea with the youth man. And uh, you know, it's like a friend. Uh, and in Hong Kong, it's a different street than over here. You know, a lot of people that train Wing Chun is basically uh, for survival at that time when we're learning. Of course, that's part of it. It's just like to learn the art. And being in Hong Kong, you know, when they're having fight, they, I mean, they have a lot of, lot of stuff. And fight, and uh, it's pretty bad, you know. If you, everybody put out swords at night, uh, night, not for night, you know. I'm talking about like a butcher knife, something like that. And so Wing Chun was really popular at that time. Uh, 
I remember in my in my school a lot of uh, police officers get training because they need to defend themselves against a bad guy, and most of the bad guy is running when you as well. So it's the system we consider is like a, it's not a tournament style, basically uh, uh, for street survival at the time. And then make the story come to the other way, uh, talking about Yip Man and my people. And a lot of people say that Yip Man was uh, 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 Man was the people of Steel One, which is uh, completely a uh, you know another different uh, story, in which we have uh, specified with uh, very clearly when Wong Chun was here, when uh, and uh, Hawkins Chan was here, and at that time they were trying to you know. Say that they are, you know, the, uh, oh yeah, you still want to you may soon, and I verified it very clearly. And the way that I verify it is because there is no record of my people as students, and my people never have any certificate from them. And my people is the only person that received a, 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 a sign, a big sign that put in the school says Pure Wing Chun from Vietnam. Which you, which you can never give that sign to any one of the students. So you tell me who is who, you know. And uh, but this kind of rumor was never brought up during my people's life. It's only after my people passed away then the rumor started to come. And I understand yeah. a lot of times New York and Hong Kong they want to start unified with each other. You know, I think it's a good thing. But then it's kind of uh, Taking my people names away, so. But now the thing is more clear, and not too many people, you know, running rumors anymore. So rumors yeah, going. Yeah. I I had the chance to speak to Yip Man's son to a translator once, and I brought up you, right. know, you and uh-huh. um, Yip Man, you know, Yip Man, and the thing was Juwan, and he had told me right. that Juwan was just a very good friend of his father's. Not exactly. A yeah, and that was from That's Yip Man's true. son, and. You know, this is, you know, it kind of clarified things also in my mind that he is, you know, someone who literally took over the Yip Man lineage over was not pushing the fact that Juwan was his student. It was, he said he was his friend. So, which is, it was refreshing, you know, to say the least. That was really nice. I, yeah, that was the greatest, greatest thing. So, after that was clarified, I think now the smoke is gone. Airs are clean. So. That, that put them more on an even playing field as far as history goes, right? Yeah, and uh, that's that's a little history about how I feel about Wing Chun. <laughs> Wing Chun in Hong Kong really uh, well. He trained hard guard in Hong Kong at that time when I was training back in like nineteen uh, nineteen sixty. Wing Chun is really a popular system back then in Hong Kong, and uh, it's a system a lot of people consider it a fighting. They consider it street fighting style. Mm. You know and. Uh, of course, master, master, grandmaster, big grandmaster Wong Chun Leung, which is uh, one of my idols, and uh, he had made it very popular in in China on the street simply because he was he applied it on the street with a lot of people, and he's known known for that as a street fighter. Yeah. And I also I think also that you know with with your your number one student Alan. Uh, you know, uh, the magazine and doing what he's doing, I believe he's bringing more attention to uh, the style of Wing Chun now 
than uh, than has been uh, for a while. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. He's uh, he's definitely is uh, one that's bringing uh, a lot of attention to it, and he worked hard on it. I just want to give a lot of credit. You know, it's not easy, and he did it. And he's still doing it. I'm never satisfied. Let's put it that way. Let me tell you one thing. He will do it until the day he dies. He's still going to do it. I know how. <laughs> he's not going to stop. <laughs> yes, he he you know? has the, the intestinal fortitude, uh, and he's like he's like a pit bull. He has his teeth in it. He's not going to let go. He's going to make it happen, and not for his own glory, but for the, for the glory of other people, which is uh yeah, which is yeah I, give, I give a lot, a lot of credit on him. You know, it's a man that, I mean, from uh, from knowing him all the years, he he was never gonna stop. I'm telling you, if he anything happened to him, he's still gonna do it. Even though he's on the on the bed, on the hospital bed, he's still gonna do it. Yeah, he's yeah. still still making phone calls. That, yeah, you, you you're coming, right? <laughs> January, <laughs> January, you're coming, right? Yeah, absolutely. Are you kidding me? Yeah. A little funny story, you know. You know, I'm, I'm believe it or not, when people don't, when I tell them now, they don't realize. There was one time I was I was a little shyer than I am now. To say the oh least. come on! But, <laughs> when? Well, well, one time, and when I when I started the magazine off, and I started to get a little more notoriety out there, I always yeah. I would call my people up. I swear, when I tell you, I would call them every day, every other day, and I always ask them questions about people. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? What? And this went on for about a good six months. And one day he sends in and he looks at me, well, he talks to me on the phone. He goes, Alan, i got to ask you something. His buddy goes, why the fuck you call me for? <laughs> hey, I didn't use that word, okay? I never well, used that word. Yes, yes, you did. Yes, you did. It's, it's radio. We can use it. So he says, why, 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 are you, why are you calling me? I said, well, see, but why? And I got, you know, I got upset because, you know, my whole thing was I wanted to impress my people and be there for him and try to help build the family. He goes, you know about this stuff more than I. What are you calling me about this? <laughs> and I went, thank you, Cecil. So now I try to do what I do, and then if it's over, I try to let my people come in and just join and stuff or whatever I do. But it was, it was very funny. I, I never missed a year. No? Right? No. Not at all. Just be, yeah. not at all. Just, just be very careful when, when, you, when, you, when you go to a Chinese restaurant with Jason Lau. If ever you have that opportunity, just watch out. Why? Well, we 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 we. Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know what you do. I know what you do, Jason. I know exactly what you do. <laughs> my my seafood has a palate. Let's just say, say it's very unusual, and the more uh-huh. unusual the food, the more he wants of it. So I I literally think I was one of these uh, American these lofans they call us, or um, that has eaten food that most people would just walk away from, but great experience at least. That much. And that was without you knowing. That was that was what yeah, I was no, I, I, He would just say to me, "Don't ask what you eat, just eat." <laughs> well, I gotta tell you one thing. I take eating very seriously. I don't know if you remember that time, Alan. Remember we were having dinner in Chinatown on Mass Street, and then uh, Michael, uh, no, uh, Miguel Hernandez came in with his wife. Was he was he was pregnant, and then he, and there was a bunch of gang that were giving him a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, Everybody get ready to go. I said, hold on, hold on. Let's finish this new first. <laughs> Let's finish this new first. Yep. That was finish the deal. Then we go out and fight, right? Yeah. And uh, and that was that was that was a good one. I mean, it was 
Toe was there, and uh, I, we went outside and I was uh, and then the place that was that was that was very classy. That was very classy. I said, eat first. Don't waste the food. <laughs> Yeah, I, I tell you, been, you know, the, the audience will know, me and Steve who lived together, there was a time there literally that we, we couldn't even afford a slice of pizza between the two of us at one time. And we'd slice that pizza, pizza up and eat it and enjoy it. And now, God bless, the both of us have come to a, a more substantial time in our lives that makes me proud to look at my Steve and see what he's made in his life. And not just in the Wing Chun world, but I do say this, that he got to where he is in his industry in the food services, we'll say, and catering, that what he's done is, is all came from the thought of Wing Chun. It all came from the idea, the the, the non-waste of Wing Chun. And you, you can see the way my seafood does things, and, and, and it, it, it falls right into place, 100%. Like the old saying, right? Pick them, both die. You know, if they can be eaten, don't waste them. If they can use them, we use them. I gotta tell you one thing. I mean, when we first made the movie The Masters, Wing Chun came really handy. I mean, uh, we scheduled 12 days of shooting for the feature film. I mean, every minute was count. And I tell you one thing, during the whole shooting time, I didn't waste one second. And I have all the crew, a hundred more crew, everybody well fed. And uh, we put this exact on the same timing. I mean, to my, I will be shooting one room. And the other room will be Rick for the next shot. And uh, even my DP was telling me, he said, man, your timing is way on the shot. You know, one, one, one shot is sitting with Chris to the other one right away. I mean, that's the way we put it back on 12 days, the open champagne, we're done. Well, I think, you know, you, you're going to have a lot of Hollywood producers that are listening to you saying, aha, cost effectiveness. All right, maybe we got to call this guy. <laughs> it was fun. There's a lot of my I, my ambition is just to do something I like to do, and I definitely like to do something I've never done before. To make a feature film, this is my first time, and I I enjoy every moment. I was so excited. It's like a big fight. I'm telling you, it's like a big fight. I put, you know, I have uh, I did a whole nayana. I made a storyboard. The storyboard is like a whole interesting. I you know every part of the story, and I saw the whole procedures, and uh, I was. I think that was my greatest time. Oh, that's, that's great stuff. Are you in post production right now? Oh, done. The movie is already uh, finished. And uh, we, uh, we're getting ready to post it up in, uh, 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 what you call that, site, the VMAX. Yeah. Okay. So we get it, yeah, hopefully we can post it up and uh, start viewing it. And uh, we are working on a second one already. Hopefully that we can shoot next year. Uh, but this is not a martial arts. Well, I have martial arts in there, but it's not like a martial arts film. It's, uh, it's a horror film. Mm. Oh, a horror film like a bad date or a horror horror like Jason's <laughs> voice? <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's a really a hard, like a very horror, like a saw, like the movie Saw. Oh it's about, man! <laughs> it's about a per- well, actually, it's about a person that was uh, one of the victim in the uh, rape of Nanjing uh, back in 1937, which is a real person. And this Chinese guy that he uh, he he lived to tell the story of what happened, 
And the story is when he was nine years old, he was uh, he was uh, watching his little brother play the kill while he's being breastfeeding. And then the soldier, Japanese soldier, came in and uh, killed his brother, and then raped his mother in front of him, and then killed his mother. And the sister, which is uh, 12 years old, 11 years old, ran over his brother, crying. And of course, Japanese soldiers uh, also raped her and took her to the sex camp for the uh, soldiers. And then, uh,
guest, Grandmaster Jason Lau. Guys, welcome back to the show. Hey, yeah, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh, I wanted to go over a little something with, oh, go ahead. I wanted to go over a little something with the audience, you know, people, you know, people worked for a very famous general back years ago, General Wabell, and, and uh, it was a very interesting part of his life, and 
I, I don't know if he'd ever do certain things again, but he did, but I know he enjoyed himself. And Siebel, could you, you know, explain a little more about that part of your life? Well, that's, uh, I would say, my height of my life. Uh, after what we had done in New York, and I always like to do more. I remember when I first met him, I knew him. I asked Johnny, I said, who is Mitchell Wabell? Remember? Mm-hmm. Johnny yeah. always read the uh, Soldier of Fortune. Oh, my God, how do you know this guy? I, I, I don't know. You know? Yeah. But they offered me uh, such a good job. I can I can produce at such a high pace, and uh, I was I was I went there just because the pay was really good. Uh, but then when I get in there and I uh, compete to a different world, um, of course I'm the only patient person there, but it's even harder. And uh, it's like uh, you know, you can, <laughs> it's like a sore thumb sticking out in a company, and everybody works there. It's all uh, from special forces, uh, steel, you know, rangers and all that. And uh, it was really a good feeling. And company did a lot of work, you know, uh, you know, to uh, for the, uh, you know, rescue people from you know, other country back from American, you know, American people rescuing them from other country. But the whole training process, uh, during that time and meeting all the people is uh, it's really interesting. All the special military, shooting one, and all the people. And uh, uh, when I first went in there, I thought it was just like another, you know, one of those training camps. But then it's not another training camp. It's one of the only kind of training camps. Uh, they have very, you know, they straightly a special kind of uh, breed of people in there. They do a lot of. Uh, uh, Everything you fly a plane, and I was I was gonna fly a chopper. Uh, I didn't I didn't do it. I was supposed to do it, but then was time. But anyway, it, you have to you have to teach a lot of stuff, and you have to fly a lot of stuff. And you know, most of the people you meet is all the ex people from the military, and mm-hmm. all the ex military people come out to our camp. Is basically they are on a special operation. And uh, so you meet most of the people like Colonel Bogrit, you know, one of my idols. I think he was one of the heroes at that time. And, uh, you know, we went to uh, rescue the POW from, uh, you know, from Vietnam and did a whole operation. I think it was a very exciting thing. And, uh, you know, for me, for me, it's like, you know, I feel a, a very patient person at the time because, Things that I always want to do, but you know, never thought that I would have a chance to do it. Um, but I was real—I was really glad that I was uh, training in Chen because if it's not for that, I think uh, I won't be here talking to you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, people in there—it's not just joking. It's not just—you uh, know—it's not just a little fight here. They, I mean, literally, they—they move to kill not move to a win the game, that we move to kill. So if your thought was a little bit off and your off little guy, your chance of losing a life is it's really easy. And I before I go there and I heard a lot of stories about people that never come home, people that during training time have uh have never made it. 
know. The company, the company is really special. I mean, I, I can only tell so much about it. And uh, but the exciting thing of the company is they're so American, you know. And a lot mm-hmm. of people probably looking at it. Oh yeah, they are raising mercenary. No, their company is not raising mercenary. They're raising people, raising people to rescue people. That they are the people that we rescue is all Americans. You need to bring them back home, you know. And uh, of course, some people have a different way of looking at at us. And uh, well, so but well, some of the audience doesn't yeah. know General Bell was. He was. There was a movie called Wild Geese, which was written about mm-hmm. him. And yeah. uh, you know, it kind of give you a, a better idea who the guy was. And there was another movie years years later that was written. I know it was about a small contingency group that was um, Uncommon Valor. Yeah. And yep. that was a story I know that you guys were involved in. Uncommon also, Valor. Which was very interesting. Right. So that was, that was Gene Hackman was in that movie, right? Yeah. Yeah, Gene yeah. Hackman, yeah. Patrick Swayze's right. first movie, actually. Right. Yeah. I can't talk too much more about it. Or others are gonna, they're going to kill me, so I can't say too much more. So I'll just leave it there. But it's just some controversy. That's it. Yeah. Well, we'll just say Sorry. that you know, for yeah. for the purpose of our listeners, if they wanted to know, you know, the the skill set, you know, you can look at look at a movie like Uncommon Valor. Uh, if you wanted to get, you know, crazy, just look at Rambo uh, and kind of uh, mix that up with the with the movie Taken. And there you go. We'll put Jason Lau and then throw him out there. Cause that's what you have when he was in action, doing his stuff. And uh, I think that that's some intense stuff, Jason. Well, I, yeah, you, you play, you play young, for keeps. Yeah, when you're young, you just think like that, you know. And uh, it was when you're young, you think this is uh, a lot of fun, you know, a lot of excitement. And now as we grow old, we look back and say, I don't believe we did that, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the way it always is. <laughs> That's yeah. it always is. But these are your experiences. This is this is uh and I always call them the life tiles, but they are the life tiles of your existence and this is the stuff that you know, you'll never do again, you know, and you probably don't you probably won't won't want to do it again. But you you did it and that's part of your history. And that's the stuff you leave behind. And I don't think too many people out there uh would be able to handle what you've handled. And you just smile, and you have such a great demeanor, and uh, and every time I meet you, you're you're happy and you're joking around, and but at the end of the day, you know you can really cause some serious damage on someone if you wanted to, but uh, you don't you don't give that vibe out. I, t- I tell you a little story about it. Well, we went to an event. God, it had to be. Wow, how did we close to 20 years ago? We went to an event. I won't mention where, what, when, and how, but we went to this event, and it so happened to have been a bunch of these so-called ninja guys there, okay? And they were all talking about what killers they were, and oh, my God. I mean, I mean these guys never left the dojo, but they were all killers and assassins and so on and so, on and so forth. <laughs> and ironically, you know, people trained, and, and say, I want to say something, but I don't know why people knows, but uh, we just lost Grandmaster Ronald Duncan the other day. He just passed away. And, um, you know, great loss to us, too. And I know my seafood had worked with seafood, uh, Grandmaster Duncan for a while, too. And we were at this event, and people um, looks at these guys. He goes, let me ask you guys a question. He goes, what would you guys do if I pulled a gun and put a knife to your head? 
And these guys, I mean, they really had no idea. They talked about the whole, you know, martial arts system, what they were going to do, but they never had it done to themselves. So, you know, you practice it all day long, but when it, happened, it was done to you, like done to my seafood, you kind of understand it's a little different, you know. But I, I did want to give also just, a, you know, a, a little thing. I, I'll be putting up on Facebook as soon as I know that, uh, as I said, Professor Duncan had passed away the other day, and, and once I'm trying to find oh, out oh. when the funeral is going to be, well, should, we should know very soon. So, uh, oh, Ronald Duncan passed, passed away. Can I, can I Ron, 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 Ronald Duncan? Duncan? Yes. Are you kidding me? No, he just passed away the other day. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, man. What happened? Yeah, he had, he had cancer, and he tried to, you know, fight it for a while, and he was actually doing well. Uh, he was at my event last year, and he looked a little, you know, he didn't look himself, but he still tried to keep a straight face and, you know, be involved with everything because he enjoyed that. And I, he was very much looking forward to come to the event this year and be involved again. You know, he really kind of enjoyed the event in a certain way, differently than he did other events, because he was put up on a, a pedestal on not by students but by other people in other arts even because he was around for that you know yeah now we uh we we know him so how long man long 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 time right at least 40 some odd years yeah at least 40 some odd years definitely and even in jitsu man just for those that aren't familiar with master ronald duncan or grandmaster ronald duncan yeah, he was one of the first guys to bring it over here, and actually the first one, actually. And even gentlemen yeah. like Stephen Hayes and stuff all came even after Master Duncan. And, uh, you know, Master Duncan, uh, you know, left a great legacy. He has some great students. I was at an event on Saturday night, a Saint-Colique's event, and uh, a lot of his students were there. And as concerned the night was, everyone knew that was probably going to be the last night, you know, before he closed his eyes for good. Uh, everyone was, you know, kind of in a somber, you know, feeling because they kind of knew it was the end already. So, you know, I mean, listen, we only wish him he's in a better place because he was suffering at the end. And uh, we just, you know, people just keep in touch with me on my Facebook. As soon as I know something, I'll be putting out information for everyone to know when the funeral was and everything. So it'll probably be right after Thanksgiving, I'm assuming, till next week. So, That's the second uh, said cancer this year. Uh, uh, the big names in martial arts, Alan. Yeah, and we lost like a good buddy Joe Lewis, and we lost him. Oh. And there's other people too. You know, we just lost a uh, gentleman, Roger Clark. We lost the Clark. He had a heart attack, but we also lost him. So, you know, this year I have three of my faithful inductees and faithful people that have been around since the beginning. What we're doing, and uh, you know, we're gonna give a little tribute to them this year. I'm, I'm trying to get something. A little different to do uh, if I have the time in the time that I need. Uh, I'm going to try. I, I can't promise, but you know, I want to give back a little and at least uh, you know, a moment of silence for all this great gentlemen that we lost, you know, this year alone. So, oh my God. yeah, not a good thing. Not a good thing. But you know, oh we God. all get older, and we have to enjoy what we have. We have to be thankful that we have a life and family and people around us that we enjoy. And uh, you know. He had he had some great two great sons also that he was always with and great you know carriers of the system and uh, you know I myself will support them all the time because they they were always there for me and uh, you know they did the right thing in the martial art world too with their father. So. And, and I mentioned uh, this earlier too that you know as 
you know, like with Jason and yourself, Alan, and uh, Grandmaster Ronald Duncan, uh, Joe Lewis, you know, what you guys do and the the paths that 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 you break open and that you you pay for people, you know, this is the legacy you guys leave behind. And you know, even though someone's gone, they're not really gone. Like like Joe Lewis will live forever. Okay, yeah. uh, so same it's the same way with uh, Grandmaster Ronald Duncan. And uh, and anyone else that uh, makes their mark on the world, you know. So um, I think celebrating their life is what we need to do. Instead yeah, of you know, uh, yeah. what? Yeah, you know, it's a funny thing about what you say, celebrating their life. They bring this up. These are also gentlemen that you know. Ronald Duncan had a special way about him, but that's what made him Ronald Duncan. Joe Lewis had a special way about him, and that's what made him Joe Lewis. And, you know, those those are things that, you know, stand up most. It's not only their art, but it's the way they carry themselves as a man. As a man. And, uh, you know, we want to do a story on Joe Lewis and Ronald Duck on my next issue. And, uh, you know, kind of dedicate the issue to these gentlemen, too, because they deserve it. And I myself, you know, listen, I'm not a youngster anymore myself, but I myself am not going to forget about, you know, keep pushing the, the seniors, of the martial arts out there. And that's what my whole thing was when I started my magazine is that, you know, too many people were being forgotten about. It was always the movie star or the young, good looking guy that won a tournament that was on the front cover of all these other magazines. And I started off the magazine to go off and say, well, let me, let me do coverage on the people that people literally forgot and try to give them even that last ray of sunshine. If that's what it took, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I did a story with Joe on his conference that he had the year before he passed away, and I've never given more any story more than three pages in, in any of my magazines because we just we don't have a lot. We have you know 48 pages, so I usually give three pages tops, two pages you know as a, as a minimum usually, and I gave Joe five pages, photos and everything else, and he was ecstatic. And he said to me, well, well that, I, I can't believe you covered the whole, you did the whole event. And I said, well, Joe, I, said, I thought it was important. But we knew at that time he was sick already. And, you know, if that's what made him happy and, you know, to know the martial art world was looking at him that way, hey, well, that's my job more than anything else, you know. Yeah. And one thing that you mentioned, uh, the last uh, show we did, you were talking about the event, you know, um, you know you're, you're looking to, to highlight Again, you guys just said, you know, those martial artists that are forgotten. But one thing that you said, which is poignant, uh, a lot of people in the world of martial arts, you have martial artists that are training two years, five years, ten years, fifteen years. You know, there's only one place that I know of that you can actually go, or you could wind up going and seeing a, a Grandmaster Ronald Duncan, seeing a Joe Lewis, seeing a Jason Lau. And that's at your event. And what people fail to realize is that, you know, you have people that you do, people do get older. And, and maybe you, you only have that one opportunity to meet them because once, once someone's gone, they're gone. You're not going to go meet them or have that opportunity to shake their hand and say thank you for what you've done. You know, so I think it's important what you're doing, Alan. Uh, you know, I, I've always said my event is a showcase for the, these guys that are out there. And, you know, it's, it's, a biz- it's a, definitely a business venture for them also when they come to my event. And it winds up after they're at my event, after a while they realize that it's, it's, it's fun. They enjoy it. They're able to, you know, be with their peers and be with the people that, you know, appreciate them. So it, it, it's turned into 
so many uh, double-edged sword by that, you know, being business-oriented, but at the same time being a, a, a force of life for these guys to be out there with their public, you know. And uh, I'm, I'm honored that I keep getting the crowds that I get. I'm honored that I get all these celebrities. I have a lot of new celebrities coming in, and it just blows me away. I mean, we just had something on to let the audience know on Friday night after my wine and cheese party. Uh, we're going to be running a wine and cheese from 5.30 to 8.30. At 8.30, they're starting in the main ballroom, not the ballroom, uh, the main showroom on the third floor. They have Louis Neglias coming in with the uh, rock uh, group. Uh, it's the you know, mixed martial art group. And he has a great show with the Gracies and uh, Tiger Shulman and a bunch of other guys. So my my whole weekend was just added one more project into it. Thank God I don't have to work on it. I'll be able to sit and watch the fight just instead of being involved running them. But it's going to be just a great additive to the weekend. So. And that was the last-minute thing that Lewis Negley did? Uh, he's doing no. Lewis doing it. This is, he does the shows. As a matter of fact, he has a show next week in Manhattan. And this mm-hmm. other show he's doing now in, in Atlantic City is just so happened that he got canceled out. And the, they asked me if it was all right. They thought, you know, it, it would coincide with my show. And I said, sure. As long as it's not during my show, I have no problem with it. And as long as it's something that's added on to it, people can come to my event, see everything I have, and if they want to go watch you know, some real pro MMA fights, they're going to have it at my event also. You see, and that's, yeah. the, that's the thing that I keep saying about Jalen, that other people, uh, when an event, they have an event, something like an opportunity like that would come along, and they would shun it because their ego would get in the way. But you, you're just about making the experience for the people that are going to your event even that much better. So that, Yeah, that's it's funny thing. because I was on the phone with Lou today, and Lou's a, literally one of the top promoters out there with what he does in the MMA field and originally kickboxing field. And I used to work with him two years ago, and I always liked his professionalism. But what Lou has done is he's able to board it up to another level now, and a lot of his fights he gets guys right from his fights go right to the UFC. So he's bringing top-notch competitors into his event. But uh, being involved when, when something like this happens years ago, I asked Lou, hey, let's get together and try to put your fights in on a Friday night of my event. And what happened at the hotel at that time, they wouldn't allow it. Uh, but because of the cancellation, it worked out well that they had to give him the weekend, my weekend. They asked me if it was all right for me. I said 100% because that's what I've been wanting for years. So, you know, sometimes God works in funny ways. And uh, I think it's going to be a blast because that's going to bring a couple that's got another 2,000 martial artists into the hotel that weekend alone. So it's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be out of control. It's going to be definitely out of control. So now, Jason. Um, yeah. I think we should, we should, it's gonna be a fun year. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely gonna be a fun year. Yeah. We, we strayed away from from uh, the Q and A with you, um, but you know, you, you like you you being involved with uh, you know uh, CIA operations, things like that. It, to me, is incredible. Um, you know, this is stuff. These are these are events that people make movies about they write books about and you lived it so how many people alive can say that they lived it and actually talk about it and you're one of the few my friend it was different it was uh it, was, it feels good you know i mean i sometimes think back i said hey you can only live once you know and that was uh one of the time things you know and uh it was nice to you know it's good to see the outside of the world you know see how the people are 
have uh, your your extended family with your your students and everything, you know, the way you you treat them, the way you embrace them, you know, is the way that you should embrace, you know, uh, you should embrace your 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 students and your the teacher and so on and so forth and treat them as family. You're going to have your arguments, your ups and downs, this and that, as you said. But at the end of the day, you know, you can't get rid of them because you can choose your friends. But this type of family, you don't want to give up on. Uh, and, and that's the reality of it, you know, because it's a good, uh, a, a good martial art instructor is what I'd say is not someone you just learn martial arts from. It's someone you learn a lot about life. So the martial arts is definitely a part of it, but life. Listen, if you didn't live your life correctly, the martial arts means nothing anyway. So if you learn certain things from, from your seafood and from people you're instructed you're with, it, you know, it'll make you a better person if you listen to other things than just the martial art end of it. It becomes, just like anything else, it has to become a lifestyle. It can't, I mean, if you just use it to learn how to fight, then you're really not getting what martial arts is about. It's more than fighting. Well, we like to fight anyway, though. But we like yeah, to fight of, course, of course you like to do that. Yeah, but you got to grab the other things too to make to be complete. Now, Jason, before uh, we close out, you know, is there anything that, I mean, how how can listeners learn more about you? Is there anything that you want to, any words that you want to leave them with? Because again, you know, I'm still in awe, and I always have been <laughs> of, of your background and what you've done and what you continue to do. And I think you're you're just an awesome person. And, I, and I'm honored thank you, you know, to thank say, you, that, thank I, say you. that I know thank you. But once thank I want you. our listeners to, to, to know more, learn more about you, too. So why don't you just give us some information on how they can do that? And one thing I want to add uh, before he says, he says anything, I say, well, please don't say call Alan. <laughs> <laughs> you just took the word out of my mouth. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that would be easier to just call Alan. <laughs> oh, like just call Alan. That's it. He'll know everything. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not. You know, I'm, I'm on Facebook. It's so easy to kind of find. You know, you put out Jason Lau. You're on Facebook, and I, I, you know, this is one of the greatest things. I don't even know how to run. <laughs> I still don't know how to do the Facebook thing. Alan keeps on saying, "I send you something. I send you something," <laughs> and I can't find it. Somebody get my student do it. But, uh, oh my I, I don't be sending a whole Facebook thing, so kind of like now I got no more work to do. Every day I have have a thing, I have to answer questions and all that, and I, now I'm gonna let my student do it. They started it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, was, it was good. The Facebook thing is uh, easier. Yeah, Facebook. Just go and look up uh, Jason Lau. You you look him up on Facebook. And what about your website? Uh, I have a website for the film there. Uh, it's called the, uh, oh my God, it's called Masters, with an S, masterfilm.com. You can go in to see the film, uh, the uh, the making of the film, the before, after, the trailer, and uh, soon we're going to have the whole film up, uploaded very soon. And uh, we have, uh, my site is, I think it's called Jason Loud Dash, Okay. And are you still taking in students over there, Jason? Uh, or are your students well, taking I, in students? <laughs> I'm kind of straight to enroll student over here. And, uh, you know, my school is already uh, booked. So I've only taken people that uh, they passed the interview. And I kind of put them on the list uh, now. But now we we have a long list. So we won't be able to accept people until next year, Christmas. 
So you're not going to be you're not going to be Tiger Showman's, which is a good thing. So uh, yeah, it's, you know. it's tough to teach. It's, it's tough to teach people you don't even know their name, you know. So yeah. I, I try to limit it to a certain uh, people, and then when I have to really enough, and I just close close the store until it's, until I have opening, until someone you know move, drop out, or whatever. And I and, and, and that's yeah. the same thing that your number one does too. Did the same oh, thing. Uh, that, yeah, I know, like father, like son, right? Like father, like son. There you go. Like father, like son. We do it out of love, and I think that's what it's all about. So you know, it's one thing you make money with the martial arts, but you know, do it honestly. But you got to love what you're doing. It's not just about making the money. That's that's, that's all. The, that's the main point. You know, you got to enjoy what you're doing. That's that's more than enough. You know. And, that, and that's a great way to close out the show. Uh, again, for our listeners, go to jasonlau-wingchun.com. Find out more about this great martial artist, this great person, and you're gonna, you, you'll learn things about him if you do some research on Google um, that you'll be like, wow, you know, and he's so humble. Uh, but, Jason, uh, I'm sure Alan is going to join me in saying this. Thank you for honoring and us. I see you in January, right? Oh, of course you're going to see me in January. We have okay, uh, the Friday night wine and cheese. <laughs> absolutely. I'm not going to say That was the best thing I ever had. All my students are talking about how nice it was. So we go to the Hall of Fame with the wine and cheese, but the party was really good. He sure knew how to do a party, I tell you. Yeah, and I think Shawnee Carter is going to be bringing it again. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. We got some great people. We'll see. Well, it's an, it's an honor just having you on the air with us, and uh, hey, there's so much more. There's so much more to talk about. I would sit down. We sit down one day. We talk about all the old time things. When you when you're a complete free. okay? Yeah, you got it, people. You got it. Okay. Thank you, Jason, and uh, thanks for all, Thank all the listeners Thank for tuning Thank in. You. Uh, cat, Thank you, know, you for having me us. up there. I appreciate. It. Oh, you're, you're more than welcome. It was an honor. Uh, and all our listeners, catch us next Tuesday, 7 o'clock Eastern Time. We are live with uh, Sifu Allen Goldberg, Action Martial Arts Power Hour, and we're going to have another amazing guest. Guys, thank you again. Audience, say it with me. Legendary. It's going to be 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 legendary. The ultimate martial arts experience, Action Martial Arts Magazine Hall of Fame. January 25th to 26th this year. Don't miss it. Bigger and better than ever. More stars, more people, bigger rooms. We're expanding everything. Friday night parties, seminars. So be there. You need to call me? 718-856-8070. And I'll tell you more. You're listening to UCW Radio. In your face. If you try to remember, you will lose. Empty your mind. Be formed. Shaped. Like water. All the fun.
fighters to ever set foot on this planet. I'm the only world champion, United States national champion. I'm a two-time national college champion. I was never beating Cotton. Be proud of The Action Marshal Arts Power Hour. Oh, oh, oh.